0: The Lord be with you. It's amazing how if you tell a story, but don't include the beginning or the end, you can not only completely misinterpret the story, but in fact give it the exact opposite meaning of what it actually stands for. And in this world we see this happen when people tell each other's story all the time, But it especially happens when we tell the stories we find in the Bible. And today's gospel is a perfect example of this. Yeah? We hear things like what Jesus says today. Jesus says things like, a disciple is not above the teacher or a slave above the master. And the masters of this world will try to tell you, well, you know what Jesus is saying here? Jesus is saying some people are masters and some people are slaves, and those slaves better stay in their lane. But when you hear this, tell the beginning of the story. Tell how Jesus, in the previous chapter, has gone about healing the sick and casting out demons And the enforcers of the status quo say of Jesus, he does this work because he has the power of the Lord of Demons, Beelzebub. He is a demon himself. And then Jesus goes and sends his disciples to do this same ministry of healing a broken world that he is doing. And he tells them, well, if they treat me this way, imagine how they're going to treat you if you do the exact same thing. And then tell the end of the story. Tell how Jesus' last act as a teacher is to wash the feet of his disciples, is to live out what he has taught them that those who want to be Lord of all must learn to become servants of all. So that when you hear a teacher or a disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master, you can tell the whole story the whole story about how the master of the universe willingly became a slave to share God's eternal love with those of us who are called slaves by this world. And then Jesus says, Therefore, if anyone acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge them before my Father in heaven. And if anyone denies me before others, I will also deny them before my Father in heaven. And the opinion makers of this world will try and tell you, well, clearly what Jesus is saying is that you have to publicly adhere to my interpretation of Jesus or you will be condemned for eternity. So fall in line. When you hear this, tell the beginning of the story. Tell how in this very chapter, Jesus is sending his disciples explicitly like sheep in the midst of wolves to be persecuted for the faith that they already proclaim and hold in their hearts. And then tell the end of the story. Tell how of Jesus' disciples, of one of the twelve who was listening to Jesus say these exact words, one of them named Peter will not only publicly deny Jesus one time, he will publicly deny Jesus three times. And then tell what Jesus does after the resurrection. Tell how Jesus rises from the dead and seeks out Peter, seeks out this man who publicly denied him three times. And when he finds Peter, what Jesus does is say, Peace. Peace be with you. And then Jesus gives to this man who denies him, The power to forgive sins, starting with his own. He gives Peter this promise that he will be with him even to the end of the world. But Jesus does this for Peter only when Peter is ready to be public about his faith. Until that moment, It doesn't matter if Jesus is being arrested or interrogated or being nailed to the cross. Jesus never once gives up the names of his disciples. He never once names them as his accomplices for the crime which he is being killed for. Because you see, Jesus has come not to condemn the world, but to save it. Jesus has come not to throw us under the bus, but to push us out of its way and stand there in our place. So when you hear someone say, if you deny Jesus before others, Jesus will deny you before the Father in heaven, tell them the whole story. Tell them how the Lord of heaven has made you a part of heaven here on earth. But that Jesus would rather deny himself than out you against your will. Because if you want to, You can live your life here on this in accordance to the demands of this world. You can confine your existence to the expectations of these worldly powers. Jesus will let you do that if that's what you want. But the moment you are ready to say, I want to be set free in Jesus, Well, in that moment, Jesus will trumpet your name so loud that even his Father in heaven cannot deny that you are a part of God's family. Jesus says, Do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No. I have not come to bring peace but the sword. Now, the warmongers of this world will try to tell you, well, Jesus clearly says that his followers should take up weapons of war and use violence to bring forth the kingdom of God. Violence even against their own families. When you hear that, tell the beginning of the story. Tell how, yes, Jesus has called his disciples to bring forth the kingdom of God. And when he calls his disciples to do this, he calls them away from something. First and foremost, he calls them away from their families, from the little fiefdoms that their families have created on this earth. His disciples, James and John, Jesus calls them and they literally leave their father holding his fishnets to go follow Jesus. They give up being the good sons who carry on the family business because they have business of God to attend to. Tell them how when Jesus preaches his first sermon in his hometown synagogue and he says to the people that he grew up with, you know what? God's love is for foreigners too. The people he grew up with tried to throw Jesus off a cliff for saying such things. And then then tell the end of the story. Tell how when soldiers come to arrest Jesus, His disciples tried to defend him by pulling out a sword and attacking one of them, attacking one of the soldiers, cutting off his ear. And Jesus says to his disciples who have a sword, put that sword away. When you hear someone say, Jesus has come not to bring peace but the sword, tell them the whole story, that Jesus has come to call us to a new way of life, but Jesus gives us a choice that if we want to, we can keep the life we have, we can let ourselves be defined by the powers of this world, by our families, by our job, by the opinion makers and theologians who want to tell us what it means to be who we are. Jesus will let us do that. But if we do that, we will find that the life that we try to fit into this box the world gives us, well, when we open that box, we'll realize there's nothing there at all. And so Jesus offers us an alternative. To come and follow Him and find the life that He calls us to. And yes, the life He calls us to, the way He calls us to live, it will cause controversy. It will cause division. It will cause people to want to step away from us. It will cause us to come in conflict with the people that maybe we love most in this world. But Jesus tells us that when we follow him, even if it requires discovering that the life the world demands we conform to gets destroyed, that Jesus gives us a new life. And because that life is a life of integrity and honesty, a life of serving others and welcoming the stranger, well, the life that Jesus calls us to is abundant and full. It is a life which gives us a family, a family that loves us not because we do what they demand of us, but a family that loves us because of who we are in God. If the people of this world misconstrue Jesus by not telling the beginning of his story or the end. Imagine what they will do to you. Imagine how they will misconstrue your story. After all, the disciple is not above the teacher nor the slave above the master. And so, when someone tries to tell you what your story is, when someone tries to tell you who you are, when they try to throw your sin in your face, when they say, I remember when you were a scared little child and you're never going to be any different in my eyes, when they tell you that you are no better than your very worst day, well, in that moment, especially if the person who says such things about you is you, well, then tell the beginning of the story. Tell how God made you fearfully and wonderfully in God's image. Tell how God spoke in the darkness of your mother's womb, your name, and saw that you were good. Tell how in the waters of baptism God whispered, you are my child, my beloved, with you I am well pleased. And then tell the end of the story. Tell how Jesus was crucified by the powers of this world, but that he rose to new life beyond the powers of this world to contain. Tell how in your baptism you are united with Christ in a death like his so that you will surely be raised to a resurrection like his. Tell how you have died to the whims of this world and that you live alone to Christ. So that when someone tries to tell you who you are, whether they know something you have done or because they are your family members or they just think they're in charge of how this world works, you can tell them the whole story. You can tell them that you were born a child of God and you will enter into the life that is to come a beloved child of God and that anything that tries to claim differently is just a footnote of history that is drowned in the waters of baptism and crucified on the cross because you live to God alone having died to the claim that sin makes upon you. And if in this moment you say, that all sounds good but I don't have the strength to say that. I don't even have the faith to believe it. Well then, friends, Jesus says, do not be afraid, for nothing that is secret will not become known, and nothing that is covered up will not be uncovered. What God has spoken to you in the darkness of your mother's womb, Christ will speak in the light. What God has whispered to you in the waters of baptism, Christ will shout from the rooftops that you are defined by no one but the God who loves you and gives you life. May we be that voice of Christ proclaiming this story, this whole story for each and every person, just as Jesus tells this whole story for each and every one of us. Amen.